I've read so many of these different like mental toughness books. And the stupidest thing I think I've ever read in one of these books was that, oh, the top guys don't doubt themselves. Are you kidding me? Come on, man. The more you succeed, the more you put pressure on yourself, the more you've got to arm that frigging thing in your head called your brain. And that's the voice of mental coach Matt Calderoni. And I'm Chris Weidman, and this is Won't Back Down, presented by BioAccelerator. Matt Calderoni is a mental coach who I actually used before my last fight. And uh, it was my first time in my career that I used a mental coach or a sports psychologist. And the reason why I started using one was because I heard some other athletes talking about it and kind of just opened my mind to it. Uh, because for the longest time, I felt like if you had to speak to somebody about your mind and your uh, mentality is, it was a weakness. So I didn't want there to be a chink in my armor in my mind. So I never wanted to you know, go in that direction. Um, but after working with him, I realized how, how awesome it is and how crazy it is that we think that going to a psychologist, a sports psychologist or a mental coach to work on your mentality is crazy. Like, you know, we always say that uh, 10% of everything is physical and 90% is mental, uh, but yet we don't put time and effort into the mental side. So, you know, just being able to get clarity of the mind, get kind of focus on the reasons why you're doing what you do every single day, doing mental reps and visualizations and, and morning routine stuff really just gave me a clear picture on what I'm doing and why I'm doing it and um, gave me a healthier mind. Um, I think this is a conversation you guys will all enjoy, whether you're in sports or whatever you do in your daily life, because we don't only just talk about sports. We talk about managing anxiety, which affects us all, facing adversity, overcoming self-doubt, and the importance of preparation, and honestly, so much more. All that is coming up in a moment, but before we begin, I want to tell you about our show's presenting sponsor, BioAccelerator. BioAccelerator is the world leader in stem cell therapy and regenerative medical research. Through the use of their powerful golden stem cells, they help patients heal from joint and orthopedic injuries, autoimmune disorders, spine and disc damage, and neurological trauma. I went down to Medellin, Colombia and uh, got my stem cells from BioAccelerator, and I feel so much better. Uh, My recovery is going great. Um, I want to thank BioAccelerator once again for sponsoring Won't Back Down. And without further ado, here's my conversation with Matt Calderoni, which you can also find on my YouTube channel. Let's start off with, can you just kind of give a description of what you do? Um, because it's pretty fascinating and different, especially for such a young guy. Totally, man. Um, thanks for having me on. So yeah, basically, dude. We coach people on their resilience to build resilience in life and in performance. So the kind of whole concept behind it is it's not necessarily a mental skill. It's more of a lifestyle for people. And where we really got into this, actually, I used to be a pro soccer player very briefly. Um, Back in about 2013, 2014, I made a trip over to Italy, went over there, played. Um, You know, my biggest issue when I was there was that I really wanted to hone in on the mental side. But the problem was I went and saw the different people, you know, the different kinds of therapists and psychologists and so on. And they had great theory, 
but it just wasn't what I was looking for as a high performing athlete. So for me, it's like, okay, you know what? I'm going to come back home, do what I got to do, kind of figure out this little mystery on like what really gets people to tick. And then it was interesting. We got into it. My, when I say we, my brother and I in about 2015, and we really dug in and like, originally it started man on this whole mental toughness and it's a great like buzzword. And it's like, well, let's take that a little bit deeper. Like what, what really constitutes that? Like what, what makes that? And then we got even deeper on it. And it's like, you know what? We started to notice some of the most successful people in the world when we were just doing basic case studies, right? Like nothing crazy, nothing planned, just like studying successful people. They all had this ability to kind of just pivot, right? No matter what. And it was like, we saw it in some areas. We studied it first with obviously athletes because that's what we related best to. And then we started noticing the same trend when it came to like even successful parents, if you will, like that raised really good children or like schools that were able to bring out good students and universities and so on. And we noticed they all had this ability to just, when they had to change, they changed. They maintained this like core value of themselves and this person, but they were able to kind of shift, you know, the output of what they had to do. So we started to notice that it actually wasn't just a mental skill. When we started to look into these people, for example, like a Tom Brady, it was everything that he did in life helped him build that resilience, right? It was like, kind of like we talked about when we were last, you know, on our podcast, but like getting a schedule together and then being able to kind of start with that part of it and separating who he was in performance and out of performance. And then we noticed that people were doing this like on a regular. So it led us down a bunch of rabbit holes, man. And basically it came back to this whole ability for people to just be resourceful in some of the most extreme or adverse situations that allowed them to adapt and be successful. It was interesting. What made you like, like, so when you go over to Italy and you're, you know, doing professional soccer over there, which is crazy for American, this guy feels a little intimidating, right? Totally. What, um, what was it about the mental side that intrigued you? Why did you want to focus on that? Were you, were you like, did you feel like you need to work on that part of yourself? You know what it was, man? Um, so I went over as a North American goalkeeper, which in Europe, especially in Italy, like Italy's a bit of a poor country because you kind of start off in the third division there. At least I did. Um, and then you work up, right? I was only 19 at the time. So it's like, okay. Um, when I got there, dude, I was taking somebody's job that they kind of just put the person who wasn't as gifted, like as a kid in net over there. Right. And it, they kind of developed goalkeepers that way. So coming out of country without speaking the language, without really knowing anything about it, like I was pretty much bullied over there, man. Like it was tough, right? Like I would come out of the showers, for example, after practice, and obviously you need gloves as a goalie. And there'd be like the fingertips of my gloves were cut off. Right. And it's like, well, how the hell am I supposed to go practice tomorrow now? Because like, I don't have another, you know, pair here. So I'd have to, Bro, yeah, did man, you let like, them know you were Italian too, huh? Dude, they Just don't care. Just because I have an American accent doesn't Brother, it Italian. doesn't even matter. They don't, they don't care. It's any, like, they look at it like you're stealing the livelihood. So for me, man, like, I, I, it was crazy, dude. Like it was like my shoelaces were getting cut. Clothes would get stolen after Damn. practice. Like brother, like everything. And then to a point that like we practiced on this little kind of high rise, if you will, of a field. And it was right in the down South of Italy in Calabria. And right after practice, man, like we practiced with the background being the sea. So after practice, all these guys would basically like, you know, strip down, get changed, and then after practice, they all went to the sea and like did whatever they had to do. They messed around there and whatever. And like, dude, I was even outcasted from that. They were like, like Wait, I would come sea, around. They went down to the sea. To yeah, what dude. Did they like, do? What did they do with the sea? Honestly, man, it was like um, it was like a salt bath for them. 
right? It was like, they just chilled out and it was like a time to kind of rejuvenate after practice, whatever. And like, even that dude, like I was outcasted from, it's like, I'd be getting my stuff ready and they would just leave. So for me, it was like, shit, like this is, it was tough, dude. Like it was, it was a grind just because I didn't really know the language. I was staying in my uncle's hotel, which I was fortunate enough to like go to that city and train and and perform. But man, it was tough because it's like, I didn't need a mental skill on how to be more confident. Like I needed like, I, I kind of needed a way to just not back down a, in that. You, sense, you needed you know a Chris mean? Wadman. We needed <laughs> a, we needed a bully beatdown. Is what we a bully beatdown? See that shit. I, I that's exactly it, man. Just punch the guy in his nose, and then they would just abide by your rules. That's it, dude. I'm telling you, and that that's what it came to, man. It was like I didn't need to like explain my feelings. Like I needed tactics on how to overcome that stuff because it was like yeah. it was going to happen no matter how long I was there, and then eventually just came back home and decided to figure it out. Jeez. What do you think it is about the mental side? So for everybody who's watching who don't know, which honestly is probably everybody, I worked with you for the first time ever. I've never had a mental coach. I've never had like a sports psychologist in my life. But before this Mm -hmm. last fight, you know, just talking to different fighters, you know, and different athletes, you know, they – it, beca- it started becoming more of a mainstream thing to be okay with having a sports psychologist or a mental coach. And uh, my management team reached out to you because I was interested. And I was like, you know what? We always say that it's like 90% mental, 10% mm-hmm. physical, but we never really put the effort into the mental side. Because you usually the, the stigma was if you have a sports psychologist or a mental coach, you, you, you're kind of broken already. You got something wrong with you mentally and you need to you know get over it. And so you need this professional come in to fix you. Um, and a lot of people that didn't feel like they needed to be fixed felt like if you do see a sports psychologist or a mental coach, you're gonna, you, you, you could break yourself. Like you, it can mess with your head even worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and... After working with you, which we're going to get into, you know, through the uh, through the podcast, like you realize how important it is, and how you're not you're only getting better yourself by talking mm-hmm. to someone like you. You know, it, it only it only helps. It doesn't make you worse. You don't overanalyze and then you know screw yourself. But I'd like to hear like what your thoughts on that is uh, and the stigma and how you see it kind of evolving. I think people just don't get it. Yeah, like I genuinely think it's a misinterpretation. Like, man. So a lot of people look at like mental coaching first off, like starting from the base of it as a therapy, right? Yeah. And it's like, there's therapists for that. Yeah. Right. I and thought people, the, fir- the first day right. we met, I, you know, it was over Zoom or whatever. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have to tell this guy everything. Here we yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. It's like, Skeletons dude, are coming it's- out. And that, and see, like, that's exactly what kind of, I think that's what got me actually when I was even playing soccer. I was like... Okay, like I don't I don't need a therapist. Like that's a different area of it, but then it was like I kind of needed more of a life coach in that sense to like guide me the right way. So the first thing is I don't think people really understand like what a mental coach does. The second thing is man, I think there's so much like motivational nonsense of waking up at whatever time in the morning out there and people think they can just take it upon themselves, but man, it's it like th- people have a tough time I think in this industry too putting a lot of good structure together. Right. And it's like, then all of a sudden it does become a little bit woo woo in that sense where people are just picking and choosing from whatever they want. So I think there's that kind of narrative that's got pushed. I think a lot of people watch way too many like movies, man, and also see it in the wrong way as well. And like, again, don't understand it. But it's interesting, dude, because I really do believe 
people pe- like it's the truth, but people fix their problems over time with experience, right? And then you look at it and like somebody who's coming out on the other side from going through a lot of crap in their life, it's like, yeah, they do eventually figure it out. Like eventually so much experience, you'll probably end up talking to the right people and you'll hit that breaking point where it's like enough's enough. Mm. But like, then you'll also have the people who've made it through kind of on their own experience in a longer amount of time versus when they could have just got right to the chase. Oh, and man, like, that's a good, that's a you good, know what I mean? I, I, you know what I'm thinking about when you say that it's like, it's like my son with wrestling. I wrestled my whole entire life. I have so much f- to teach him that I, I could have him cut all these yes. corners and not have to suffer all the adversity. I know he's going to suffer if he would just listen to me. There you but go. It, he doesn't want to listen to me, you know, because <laughs> he'd rather figure it out on his own. It's just sometimes it's a pain in the ass to watch them have to learn the hard way, you Man, know, but I learned the hard way. It worked out. But <laughs> if they would take the shortcuts, if they would take the help, it was, it would make their life way easier. Well, dude. And we've also got this amazing thing in our head that no one's ever given us a blueprint on how to use. Right. Mm. Like think about that for a second. Like we've got this amazing processing device in our like literally in our body and like there's a blueprint hey man there's a blueprint to to build muscle mass there's a blueprint to build muscle volume there's a blue like all of that stuff right strength power speed whatever you want there's a blueprint for it and it's like just because you can't necessarily see the mind doesn't mean there's not a blueprint for it like there's still fundamentals like it all starts with making a decision and goes from there so i think people just don't know to be honest with you can you yeah try to explain uh, what a mental coach does to clear up all the uh, confusion? Totally. So like a mental coach, from my definition, is somebody that has good structure and can pinpoint exactly what you need in order to better yourself. So like with you, for example, we use an assessment system here that we created in-house, right? The assessment's not to say like, you're messed up that we don't believe in that. We believe that everybody needs development and we believe this is always changing. So it's like, okay, in this point in time, exactly what does Chris need in order to be better? Pinpointed it, found the exact skills, man. And we put it together in a progressive program where it's like, we start with the basics of, you know, essentially how to reason with certain things and perspectives and making a choice and your identity and who you are. And are you taking steps towards that? And then it's all about building competence, focus, and toughness in that sense. Like for us, like those are the four major pillars we abide by competence, commitment, focus, toughness. So Mm. we we're very structured in that sense. We're like, I know for some people, they also like to just have a general coaching session sometimes, but for us, we're more so about like, Hey, if an athlete resonates well with a trainer who can put a program together, it should be the same way when it comes down to the mental side. It's just, is this, is the coach skilled enough to be able to do that essentially? I thought one of the uh, important things that uh, you did when I was with you is, you know, when I'm in the gym, you have your coach there, you know, and he's monitoring monitoring all your techniques and seeing how you're doing and knows when to push and when to pull you, which is awesome. But the things that you have to do on your own, like morning routines, you know, Mm -hmm. deciding, you know, what your goals are and putting, you know, the pen to the paper and getting your thoughts out in a clear and concisive way so you could digest it and understand why you're doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, sometimes life is just so chaotic and you're all over the place. It's hard to sit back. You don't really have time to sit back and think of these things. And life gets more confusing and more confusing and more confusing. And And I will say, like, hopefully you do end up 
being okay at the end of the day, but you waste so much time and there's so much confusion and anxiety because you can't polish out the things you need to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And what you do is kind of put it all together for us. You know what totally. I mean? It's like starting with a morning morning routine, the power audio mm-hmm. thing that you would, you had us do where, you know, you wake up and you listen to this audio. And it's like almost like a meditation. And I know people like right away you hear meditation, it gets like a little awkward, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a Christian. So you start hearing meditation as a spiritual, <laughs> like, you know, what's totally. going on here, you know, doing yoga and doing salutations and all this stuff, which... <laughs> But I, th- I feel like just some people have the wrong idea with this, what this is. And so that's why I'm trying to make it clear that getting in control of your breath, right? Yes, like man. to start, which you ha- would have, have us do, getting nice and relaxed, closing your eyes, and then just going through like what you're most grateful for. Mm-hmm. You know, like these things, we know what makes you happy is to be grateful, right? So to start your day off with, const- with actually doing this. Now, you could say you could do this on your own. Yep. But how often are you going to be consistent with doing it? It, right. it, but if you have a mental coach that's helping you helping you stay on track with the things that you know is going to make you happier, like thinking about just for a short period of time, 30 seconds or a minute, whatever, yeah, man. the things you're grateful for. And then your goals, your long-term goals, right? Yeah. Your big big and time dude, goals. And then your day, day t- you're just your day goals that you want to accomplish that day. Go ahead. Brother, it's, it's a friggin' like, I think this is what people don't realize is like, it's a, it's a choice of who you want to be every single day that you really have to get in touch with, right? Because it's like, it's taking control. It really is. It's taking control of your decisions. It's taking control of your state. It's taking control of how you want to feel. Like I know so many people that wake up depressed, right? And it's like, I get it. Like I get that's a touchy subject sometimes, but let's really look at what depression is. It's a state. It's a, it's a mindset that you get in because you start living in the past and you unpack and you can't move forwards and you feel stuck. And it's, man, it beats the crap out of people, right? And it's like, if you just gained just an ounce of control there and realize there's an ounce of control to having to choose how you feel every day, it's a game changer. Like, man, there are so many different kinds of studies out there that show that the best in the world at what they do all have some sort of a morning system that they put in place for themselves that gets them in the mindset for the day. Like, cause a lot of people even ask me like, Oh, well, you're the, you're the mental guy. Like, does that mean you have days that you're not, you know, you're, you must not feel negative on days. And it's like, are you kidding me? Like, man, there are, there are constant days that I wake up and it's like, like carrying over crap from the day before, like baggage. And it's a choice to have to be able to compartmentalize that, push it aside and decide to focus on yourself. Like who was it? There was a, there was an individual I was working with, man. He was multi, multi, multi-millionaire. And he was saying, he's like, the more that you end up achieving in life, the more you need some kind of a coach on this side of it, because he's like, it's natural. You take on more, you have more people reaching out to you, more people dependent on you. You can be an athlete, you can be a business person, it doesn't matter. And you have more responsibility, which means that you're going to have a lot more shit on your plate. You're going to have a lot more people in your ear. You're going to have a lot more people who need your opinion. And then on top of that, some people have to go home and be a father, a husband, a brother, whatever it might be. And it's like, dude, that's, that's hard. You know, like, I think we don't, and I know people are like, well, isn't that soft? Like, shouldn't we be able to do that as humans? Have you ever, until you get to it, like, it's really tough to do, man. It sounds simple, but it's, it's tough to balance all that. And it's, it's not a matter, man, again, of kind of going back to this all and being therapeutic. Like for some people, they get a lot out of that for sure, but it's all about taking control of your life. Like Chris, even look at you. I'm sure you don't just want to be a fighter. Like that's part of who you are. But it's like, you want to enjoy time with your kids. You want to go away with your wife. You want to have that time away. Like, 
that's important because at the end of the day, what we're learning about people who are resilient is they're happy and they're fulfilled at what they do. That's why they're able to be resourceful, right? So the, it's it's this holistic approach, man, that if you get your shit in order, you're in a good spot. And that's really what this whole mental coaching thing is about. It gives you perspectives. It gives you mental skills, but it gives you life habits. It's It's almost like in a relationship with your wife and the most important thing is communication, right? When right. you stop communicating with your wife, you know, it's going to end up piling one little argument. It's going to pile into the other, to the other, to the other. And it's, you know, a crap show to, you know, to be, to be nice. It's the same, it's the same thing with your, with your mind and communicating with yourself. Like right. I'm, I'm really bad at this for me to sit and take time to focus on the things I'm actually thinking about. Like, what the hell's going mm. through my head all day? I have no <laughs> idea. So to just sit there and actually give some time and to make my brain clear for like mm -hmm. a 10-minute period in the morning is so amazing for me. It's not something that just comes natural, you no. know? So to be pushed to do it, you know, because I know I'm, I, feel, I feel better when I do it. So to be, but still, just like anything else, you know, that you know you're going to feel good doing, but you still don't do it anyway. And then, you, then, you're, then you're pissed at yourself. <laughs> you know, it's the same thing. So if you have an extra push to kind of get yourself situated and to have some clarity in your mind, it is so worth it. And again, it does not come natural to me at all. Like I always look at people who write and I'm mm -hmm. like, wow, good for you. Like that's amazing to put your thoughts on paper. Yeah, like, man. And that's like a, some people's habits, you know, and they have that as part of their routine. I always, want, I always wanted that, you know, and yep. that's something I need to work on. <laughs> but I'm saying like working with you and kind of understanding how to get your 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 thoughts clear, especially starting off your day, just once a day for like a 10 minute period is is uh, so beneficial. Well, man, think of it like this. What do we say the best in the world are able to do? They can slow down time, right? It's like the best in the world are able to step back and slow down time. And it's like, it's true. The key to high performance really is slowing down. When you slow down, you can catch details. Once you catch details, you're able to you know, the little things that you notice and so on. And it's like, we don't learn how to slow down the right ways. And often when we do talk to our guys that or gals that are, you know, going through high performance and they're like, well, I, I was able to take a weekend off. It's like, great. What did you do? Well, I went out. Did you really want to go out? Not really, but my friends are going. Okay. So even your, your thought of what it means to slow down, you're not even slowing down the right way. So it's like, man, it's just, it's this whole thing behind being able to slow your shit down, being able to get like really locked in on what you want to do and putting all your energy into something like that's really what this is all about. Right. Because so many people, man, just, it's like what we ask about people going into performance, like what's your one focus. And it's like, what do you mean one focus? It's like, well, I gotta, I gotta move this way and, and hit that way and do this that way and this and that. And it's like, wow, brother, there's a lot of shit for you to kind of get through. Like, are you sure you're able to focus? And before you know it, man, you're trying to do so many different things and then people, why they overthink. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a skill, man. Like I think people don't realize this thing's like a muscle. Like you got to train it every day. Like I know a lot of players or athletes that we work with that one of the big things we do with them is we make their mind command where it's like, if I say to do it now, you do it now and you condition yourself because so many times if we had the choice, like we're wired as human beings to be safe. We're not wired as human beings to look at areas and say like, okay, how do I maximize its potential? It's to say, Hey, do I have a roof over my head? Am I safe here? Is anybody on my ass? No. Okay. I'm good. And you're supposed to be content, right? We're built mm -hmm. for survival. Yeah. So having to train that muscle man of just do it when I say do it, that's a, that's a really tough thing to do, but it's something that you got to put time into. 
The other thing that I thought was really powerful that we worked on is visualization. So and mm-hmm. doing the mental reps. I I um I always felt like I was really good at visualization and I think any success I've had in my career um came be, it came because of visualization. Uh yeah. I just remember when I was young wrestling, you know, whatever move I learned that day in the room, um just processing it before I went to bed, you know, imagining myself doing it and then by the next day I'm doing it, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm hitting it and live goes. And it was the process of visual visualizing uh, it, you know, the day before that allowed me to do that. Um, with you, it was that process, but you made it more clear on why I was doing it. And um, it was something that we did every day, uh, mm-hmm. which I felt like was it was super important. Totally. Um, where do you, as far as like the visualization goes, um, why do you think that crosses over so well into success. So man, here's what's interesting. I'm going to nerd out for a sec. So there was a study they originated a lot of this stuff on. One of the most predominant ones that I like is one with basketball players. And they took 30 basketball players, they cut them up into three groups of 10. And they said one group of 10, it was for free throws, right? And we're talking like Shaq level free throws, like throw the rock at the backboard type of thing, like not very talented at it at all. So they took one group of 10 and they're like, hey, you know what? Just continue what you're doing. Doesn't matter how you train. You train it the way you think you need to. They took another group of 10 and they're like, you're going to physically practice free throws consistently for X amount of time. And they took another group of 10 and they're like, hey, we're just going to have you visualize it. You're not going to do any physical practice. And then they got into it and it's like, okay, the group that obviously did the worst was the one that didn't change anything. The group that did the second best was the one that physically practiced. And the one that did the absolute best was the one that was actually just visualizing. And they noticed from just three sets of visualizing, right? Like literally three reps. I think they found that it was 80% of the results or sorry, 80% of the population got 25% better results, which is insane when you think about it from just Mm. visualizing what to do. So like it all has to do, man, with priming the nervous system and getting it into your, into your core, because what people don't realize, man, your nervous system, there's no real difference in regards to patterns. I'm not talking like load and heavy and all that kind of stuff, but patterns. If you visualize something enough with enough emotion and enough meaning behind it and enough intensity, your body or your mind, sorry, doesn't know the difference between physical practice and mental practice, Mm. right? So where a lot of athletes would struggle is that, you know, if you've ever been frustrated with, let's say a technique before, and you can't get it down perfect, And even though you go train that thing multiple times, it's like, I still can't get it down perfect. Like, I don't know what it is. You're able to visualize it with perfection, even if you physically can't do it yet. And it just brings, man, not only are you obviously tracing over the nervous nervous system patterns to do it, but more importantly, man, like you're giving yourself the self-assurance that it's like, Hey, you know what? I've actually seen this thing before. And it able, it allows you to like really break things down. So for us, when we did it with you, for example, what we do with our athletes, we always kind of go in a building block segment, right? So it's like a lot of people just visualize the outcome they want and that's good. But the problem is, is you're not going to build true like confidence behind yourself, if you will, because you're kind of just starting at the end. It's like building a house with just the roof and then building down. It doesn't work. So we always like to go like break the outcome down into an absolute most basic skill, visualize that 10 times, visualize that skill, given you're working through, sorry, the biggest challenge that you have, and then visualize that skill, getting you the exact results. We end up doing 30 basically repetitions with it. And dude, it's a game changer for people because we can give this, for example, to athletes that are traveling frequently. we got a lot of guys that do it on the plane, right? Already for the next game. Or like, for example, with yourself, like, dude, imagine if we had to have you 
you know, to get that amount of confidence down sparring every single day, for example, on certain things, like you would tire yourself out in certain areas, I'm sure. Yep. Right. Even though you can do it, I'm sure to an extent, but yep. you have that power of visualizing, you're able to get it done. Um, what I liked about it is that you, we all have self-doubt and as you're imagining yourself doing something, you know, that doubt comes in and it kind of like ruins it. In those sessions with the mental reps, you, you constantly emphasize that it's to perfection. Yep. Imagine yourself doing this move to perfection 10 times. And it's amazing how you'll notice like some of the doubt and, and different things come in as you're trying to, you know, it's, it's like the devil <laughs> is coming in and trying to just take over your brain and you don't, and you just want to have positivity and this negativity yep. comes in and uh, it's mental reps. Like for that, like you have to control your brain, you have to control your positive thoughts. And it's really good to be able to have that focus. Even for 10 reps is not easy. No. And what I liked the most that we did in those mental rep sessions was because if you're getting ready for a fight, if you're getting ready for any, any, you know, big event, uh, you know, the doubt and the worst case scenarios start popping into your head for fighting would be getting knocked out, right. Or submitted, embarrassed, whatever. <clears throat> what you had me do was not block those thoughts out and just think that's not going to happen. And just try to push it out of my mind. We invited it in. It yeah, was man. like, okay, we're having, okay, listen, how, how could you get knocked out? Think of the things that could go wrong to where you could make a mistake and get knocked out. Now let's counter that, you know? So, we're imagining the worst case scenarios, and but then knowing there's an answer for that too. So countering that in our minds and then repping yeah, that too. Because I feel like there's always a uh, um, people go back and forth on whether you want to allow these negative thoughts to come into your head because then it's like a virus, you know, so you don't want it in or let it in and learn how to beat it inside your head and just what's your thoughts on that? Dude, love it because here's the thing there's two things on that. Number one, Anybody that tries to visualize with this whole thing of like, it's only going to go the right way. I'm not saying you need to look at it and assume negativity happening. I'm not even saying that at all. What I'm definitely saying though, is this whole thing on like being realistically optimistic is what we call it. It's like having that ability to understand this is a possibility, but I can, I can work through it. Like people always say, face your fears, right? Dude, nobody contextualizes that right? Think about it. Everyone just tells you, you need to face your fears. Okay, great. Now what? I faced it. Like, can, can you get through it? Can you see yourself get through it? How many times can you get through it? Can you take one hit, two hits, three hits? What, what's your level? So the first thing is, man, yes, inviting that in suppression isn't a great thing at all. But secondly, there is also a skill behind being able to call out, for example, like you said, the different ways to get knocked out, right? Like the moment you say that people are like, wow, they're trying to predict what's going to happen in performance. Wrong. What we did was look for patterns. These are one of the things that really successful people can do. They can spot patterns, right? And it's like, if you remember how we broke it down, dude, we won't give away your secret sauce, but there was like two ways that we noticed you really could get knocked out. And it was easy, right? So it's not a matter of like, oh, we're going to assume in the third round at this minute, at this time, and that we didn't do that crap. It was like, hey, these are one of the ways, counter that shit. You can see that, you can see through it. All right, what would you do instead? Because it's, Again, man, like people, people hate to face that fear where it's like a great example is a, is an NBA three point shooter. We work with, right. Somebody who puts up a lot of shots and it's like, oh man, one of the hardest things is like, I've got to get my shot down. And it's like, okay, well, when do you miss? It's like, well, 
I've noticed I miss when I get a pass really quick and have to pull up quickly, or there's a guy in my face or a mixture of both. It's like, boom, there are your patterns. Can you visualize through that? Yeah. Literally, it's like next game, it's fixed. It's like, it's really not complex for people. Like it's, I feel like so many people, man, make this whole mental thing. And this also might be a reason why people don't get into it. I know that's why I didn't at the start when I was a pro athlete, but everyone makes it so complex when really I've learned throughout the six and a half years, seven years now I've been doing this is like, everything is simple. Like all these guys that we work with that are uber successful, like Stanley cup champions, like all that stuff, the the fortune 500 owners, all that they're so simple in what they do. Like nothing is complex. It's insane because it's, it's completely opposite of what we realize or think I should say that every successful person does. Right. Yeah, so like, like some of the richest people in the world, most successful people in the world, they have one shirt, one color right. shirt. That's it. <laughs> you know, right. Keep it, no, keep man, it it's true. It's like, it's just these little things, man. And they all have a system, right? Like, I think that's something we spoke about too, when we were, when we were working, it's like, these people operate to their strengths consistently. The ones that I've noticed are the ones that are losing or like the ones that aren't getting the results they want. They don't know who the hell that they are. And they're trying to be somebody they're not. Then they face the identity crisis. Then they don't, you know, work to their strengths. And all of a sudden there's somebody that's just insecure and it's like, yeah. can't we solve that? So yeah. it's simple, man. That's it's a good point too. It. Just get, you, you, you actually help people get to know who they are, right? Because yeah. I feel like that's one of the hardest things people put people deal with. Well, man, it's like, you've got kids. It's like, man, you, I'm sure you can see your kids get bigger as you know, you step back and reflect on it, but think, man, you're with them every day. And all of a sudden, let's say, uh, you know, a month goes by when your friend sees your kid, the month, the, the month happens and your friend walks back in the room and he's like, wow, like your kids, like how much he's grown. And you're like, really? You're like, yeah, like last time he was only up to here. It's like, it's the same effect that we have as, as humans when we're so ingrained in performance, right? It's yeah. like, we don't take the time to notice those things. I mean, one, one of the hardest things to watch is people that I know work really, really hard uh, in the room and do everything right. Um, and then you could kind of see them self-sabotage, mm -hmm. whether it's anxiety or uh, doubt, confidence issues, I don't know, or a mixture. I don't know what it is. Uh, mm -hmm. But how do you battle that? Like the people that really self-sabotage, they, they have all the talents in the world and uh, they seem to just throw it all away in the biggest moments. So, man, this is interesting because we've looked at a couple of things for this studies. We've looked at like our own athletes we work with. And then on top of it, we also had the privilege of like seeing how other mental coaches or psychologists deal with these people. And dude, it's really interesting because I notice it comes back to a couple of things. Like there's people who get into this mindset where it's like, did I do everything possible where I possibly could to, to better myself? Like for those people, who are doing the work and let's say they get to performance and they're like, am I really ready? That's a very simple solution. Like the number one we found, keep a friggin' journal, right? It's like, if you're somebody that knows coming into performance time, you're absolutely worried about if you're ready, the journal becomes your best friend. Cause it's like, you can track what you're doing in real time day by day. And then the day of a fight, like this was something we actually used with a, a hockey player, but you can translate it. Like the day of a fight, you just got to go look back at your journal and be like, oh yeah, I did do that. Oh, wait, but there's a doubt here. Oh, yeah, I did do that. Okay, cool. I'm ready. Right. And then you couple it yeah. with breathing to slow the heart rate down and all that. But then, man, the other side is a very interesting one where we've noticed an, a, a very interesting paradox, man. But people that actually come into the fight self sabotaging or a performance because of 
the need for attention after. This is a deep one. This is a very interesting one because it's like, I know it sounds crazy to any high performer that's driven, but there are people that appreciate the attention they get in negative times, right? So like you do, you then look at those self-sabotagers and they're ones that are coming out They're not that they're trying to lose, but it's almost like something where they're so conditioned and hardwired that when they do lose, they get more attention from people, right? Maybe they've never experienced the ability to win before. And that then feeds into the fear of like, holy crap, like what happens if I win? Like, can I do this? Am I able to do it? Can I get it done? So it's interesting with those people, man, because you kind of got to take it a little bit deeper with them and understand like, well, what, what is it? Is it that you want the attention when you lose? Or is it that you've never been here before and you're scared to fail? Like, which one is it? Because we can easily deal with both of those. It's just Is that also like an anxiety issue where they, in yeah. order to give 100% of yourself, it takes a lot because then there's a chance of failure when you gave 100%. And that scares the crap out of people. And there's a lot of anxiety with that. And the flip side is I could go out there and if I happen to lose, it's okay because I will still get cuddled by my mommy or whatever it is. And I'm not meaning to sound like I'm, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, talking down to anybody that feels this way because I think it is a deep uh, mm-hmm. issue that is uh, that is probably really um, prevalent. Mm-hmm. So, like, how do you how do you deal with that, man? It's like. So we, we obviously have sessions that are structured for that. We call them breakthroughs, right? Um, a lot of people do, but we have specific ways to get to the bottom of it. So it's like, it's a very simple question you got to ask yourself, but the skill in it is getting real with yourself, right? It's like, where do you want to go? Well, everybody always does want to win. Like even the people, man, that subconsciously self-sabotage, even they want to win. Their intentions are right. The problem is though, they're not dealing with the thing that's holding them back and they're not being real with it, right? So like, These people, for example, we've noticed they'll come into it and they're like, I really want to win. I really want to win. I really want to win. And it's like, great. The second question you got to ask yourself, and this is where the brutal honesty comes in is like, okay, so what's holding you back? And literally it's like, go through your whole list, everything. Someone say something to you once when you were a kid and you kept that thought with you. Great. Let's put that on the list. Do you feel like you're underprepared? Great. Let's put that on the list. Do you feel like maybe you're not going to get the same attention that you would. Um, if you lose, great, let's put that on the list. There's a very interesting one, man, that we've noticed too, which is people are actually obviously fear of the unknown. That's anxiety. Um, people who are actually scared to become successful and they're already living success in their head. And they're like, oh my God, what am I going to do when I get all this attention? And it's like, okay. So there's, for us, it's like, you got to get real with what's holding you back. And it's never usually, man, what I've noticed at this top level, like it's not capabilities. Like all you guys are talented at the top. Come on. If you're making, you know, making it to the MMA, if you're or into the UFC, sorry, if you're making it into the NFL, NBA, NH, all of that, you're skilled, you're talented, you're good. It's like, what's the belief then holding you back? That's the big one for us. So it's like, you have to be very skilled at that to pull those out. And then you got to face those one-on-one, man. Like, and I'm not just talking like, okay, now we faced our fear. It's like, great. Imagine, dude. So people will always be like, you got to face your fear. And if you face your fear, you're fine. They'll go skydiving. That's awesome. And then, right. That's the typical example. But it's like, when you face a fear, that's like cutting open a live wire. Okay. It's still dangerous. You can face it, but you just cut that wire open. You need to attach that sucker to something else in order to make sure that it's circulating the right energy and getting to the right spots or that thing becomes dangerous. So for us, man, a lot of people will be like, okay, 
I faced my fear head on of, you know, I don't know, um, being successful after. Great. What's the strategy? What's your new replacement behavior now? The strategy that you're going to tap into when this does end up happening, because it's going to happen. Where is it? So like that ability then after once you face it to find the right strategies, it's simple, right? Like let's look at the unconfident person. The person who has self doubt. Okay, so we know where we want to go. We want to become a winner. We know doesn't the thing. Everybody, holding doesn't back. everybody have self doubt? Absolutely, they do, man. Because I don't want to ostracize people like, out there. They're like, oh crap, are they talking about me? I think no. I think we're talking about every, everybody has self doubt. Everybody. Every, Some they, people are better at dealing with it than others, and realize they're not. I think a big problem with self doubt is that people think they're on their own. They yes, they're man. The only ones thinking this, and the other people aren't. And so I just want to make it very clear that well, and to everyone's s- got that side note on that too. I've read, I've read so many of these different like mental toughness books. And the stupidest thing I think I've ever read, read in one of these books was that, Oh, the top guys don't doubt themselves. Are, are you kidding me? Like, come yeah. on, man. The more you succeed, the more you put pressure on yourself, the more you've got to arm that frigging thing in your head called your brain because you're handling more responsibility. So Anyways, that's a whole other point. But coming back, when I was just to just to throw a cherry on top, sure. when I was the undefeated world champion, beat the greatest of all time, defending my belt multiple times, I doubted myself every single day and every Absolutely. single fight. You know, so you can't don't don't feel like uh, you know. I think that's the biggest issue is that people just kind of think it's them, and then it, it just becomes too much. Yes, man. Dude, and then and they don't like, do anything, and then they they'd rather not put themselves in that, in that situation because that's a terrible it's a terrible place to put yourself when you have a lot of self doubt and you don't know how to deal with it. You don't you, you're just gonna back out. That's it. We're not doing this anymore, and then you're gonna dude, live with regret. It's one of the most dangerous places to be in, and it's why we like even the the most high performing individuals we work with. One of the first tools we start them off with, or second tool, is like a visualization. That is the best thing to get over self-doubt. You can visualize it over and over and over again until you see yourself getting the result. And people look at me crazy when I'm like, just keep visualizing it till you get it right. And it's like, what? Well, the, the reason you're doubting it is because A, you've never experienced before, experienced that before, or B, because you've just never seen yourself kind of get there before. So it's like, wait on it, figure it out. Like, take some time, have some patience and figure it out. So it's like, Kind of going back to the example, it's like you got someone with self-doubt, they want to win. The great strategy is you hammer them home with mental reps each day, Mm. right? And it's like, arm that frigging beast, man. Like, I want you going into performance without not any like, you know, nervousness because the nerves and excitement are going to be there. I think one of the biggest farces in performance is that like, oh, nerves won't be there the more I'm into it. No, man. If you're not excited, you're not alive. Like emotions are life, right? So that's a lie. But coming into it, man, it's like, I just want you to go in there knowing you're ready. That's all I care about. And I know if I have you walk in there knowing that you're ready consistently and you've done everything you need to to prep, we're flying. Go ahead. Depend on it. Right? Because it's even a side note, man, it, it, it comes into mastery. Everybody talks about, oh, I don't want to think. The best way not to think, man, is by having it repeated so many times over in your head that you know exactly what you need to do. And it's mm-hmm. like- that's what the best in the world do. They constantly rehearse. Yeah. Talk to me about anxiety uh, because I, th- I think obviously anxi- anxiety is something that holds us all back uh, and a lot of people really struggle with it. What's your best ways of dealing with anxiety? 
So for us, man, we like to look at it and there's so many different ways that people will, um, you know, and it, it, it's kind of like a generalized where it's like, okay, is it extreme anxiety, whatever, but let's talk basics. Yeah. Yep. For us, man, this, the technique and strategy we like to use is all right. What are you anxious about in the future? Well, I'm anxious that I'm not going to get this, you know, I don't know, um, result that I want in performance. Okay. So let's work backwards. What do we got to do though, to make it right? You know, a lot of us don't realize, man, that we are a result of the questions we ask ourselves. Think about it. When you're anxious, the question you're asking yourself is, am I ready? Can I do You're fearing the unknown in some way. So why not just change the questions? Instead of asking, am I ready? Why don't you ask yourself, how can I best prepare myself? How can I best prep for this? Even with, man, carrying it over to a classic business example, right? Oh, I don't know if I'm going to get the promotion. Okay, cool. So let's work backwards. How do we make sure then that if that happens, we're ready. It's having that plan B. And this is another one, man, that I think people kind of get wrong when it comes down to it, especially in success. We jam home this idea, like only focus on plan B and give yourself no other options. And it's like, okay, I get, I get the metaphor behind that. I totally do. But when it comes to anxiousness, like you want to have a lot of strategies. So one strategy we use, like I said, we work backwards. Another strategy, man, is like, Sometimes it is fear of the unknown. Like, can we put a known to that unknown? Is there a way to do that? Is, is there a strategy behind that? Is there a breathing technique we can use if it's going into performance? So for us, man, we like to break it down, to be honest with you. We like to start with the end point. Like, what are you anxious about? And we, we just reverse engineer it. Like, what do we got to do to feel good about that then? Yeah. Really all it's, it is. It's, it sounds similar to self-doubt, you know, mm-hmm. like you're not alone. Everyone has anxiety. Everybody has self-doubt. Recognize it. And then conquer it. Absolutely. I started looking at anxiety when I, uh, like, just kind of like it was a friend, not it was like it was an enemy. Mm-hmm. And so when this anxiety would start, no matter what the situation is that I was getting anxious about, like, just, you know what? This is, this is a good thing. I'm feeling something. I'm feeling alive. Totally. This, this, these butterflies in my stomach are going to make me perform even better. Mm-hmm. You know, like, thank God I have anxiety. Instead yeah, of trying man. to run from it, because when you try to run from it, it's just gonna it's gonna get bigger and bigger and bigger and cause more of it. And dude, I think people also put like a real negative connotation to it because, like, look how you just look how you just beautifully described it, right? I'm like a poet, though. That's yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like Chris gets the butterflies to fly in the right direction. That's what he does. Ooh, so I mean, that's, like, that's you know what I mean. Poetry. That's and it's that, it, but it's the truth, man. It's like. I think all the time, the moment we hear the word anxiety, everyone's like, oh my, you know, they get all, they get all creeped out by it, but it's like, why not use that as your alarm clock? Like, why not use that as a reminder to maybe get back to the controllables? That's another strategy. It's like, okay, listen, we always say it like this, like think in the future, act in the present, right? Okay. So I want to become a world champion. Great. What do we got to do right now to work on that? Because I guarantee if you break that down, there are certain aspects you can work on. There's going to have to be for skills in order to become that person. So it's like, and then, you know, this is a funny paradox, man, too, because a lot of people talk about being in the present and it's like, okay, but Chris, I'm sure with you to get to where you were, you had to live a little bit in the future sometimes, correct? Mm -hmm. Even when you started out, it's like, this is who I want. This is where I want to take this thing. This is where I want to go. What do I got to do right now? So it's like, well, when you visualize, what are you doing? You're thinking about the future. You're preparing for the future. Absolutely. Um, so I was I was always kind of visualizing and 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 with with positivity and like greatness yeah. on the other side of it. Uh, it's an expectation. But then when I wasn't in that, and when I wasn't in the future, I would try to be in the present. Yeah. Well, dude, that's why I don't answer it, people like, text messages. That's why I don't get back to people on text messages. <laughs> but I'm really good in person, and when I'm with you, 
He's present. I, my attention span, I just can't do it. <laughs> well, man, even that I was going to say, like, I'm really in the moment. It's funny, man, because you just said it, but part of confidence is having faith, right? Like the faith it's going to work out. Like, I don't know anybody that's gone through a situation with the faith that it, it without having the faith that it was going to work out. Like, think of confident people. It's mm-hmm. they got the result in the past. They're like, I can get it now. That's yeah. what it is. Absolutely. You know what I mean, Talk about adversity and, and getting through adversity. Obviously, I got my leg that, you know, mm-hmm. is hanging on by a thread. So I'm going through some adversity. But I know a lot of people are going through adversity. There's always adversity. No matter what you're going through in life, adversity is coming for you at some point. How do you, uh, how do you recommend dealing with that? You latch on, man, to the most controllable things that you possibly can when everything is spinning like crazily. So like for you, it was a great example. We spoke about it the other, the other time we were on the podcast and it's like, okay, the biggest staples for you, man, were like getting back to a routine. That was the only real thing you could control. Okay. Can you control the the rehab you're doing? Absolutely. Go all in on that. So like in adverse situations, man, it's funny because this is where it becomes a little bit complex, right? So there's two major things that you need to get through adversity. You got to have toughness, which is essentially just adaptability or flexibility. The other thing you need to have is focus so you can get yourself focused on the right things. The other thing you need to have is competence so that you can call on the resources that you know you have. Because think about this for a second. What do we all do in times of adversity? We freak the hell out, fight or flight takes place, and we're either running or we're fighting. And usually in that time to run or fight, we are not as resourceful as we could be. Autopilot goes on. We don't really take the time to slow down and think. And there's an issue, right? So when it comes to adversity, the way that we like to have it, that's why we lay out a system for you guys. Like, you know, even, even with you, man, going into your fight, but we had a system. It's like, okay, this is what I do really, really well. I can fall back on that. It was, where do we learn that from? It was, I think it was a Navy SEAL saying, it's like, fall back on your prep. Right. And it's like these guys in adversity, when, when shit hit the fan, they fell back on what they know they were, knew they were good at. They fell back on their prep. They fell back on their plan and they got through it. And it's like, I think people find this need during adverse times to try and make up for things or like try to, let's say, control the uncontrollable. And it's like, the only way to truly do that is to anchor in on the things that you know you can do well and do them full out. Like, look at you, man, you, you talked about it. Like you went all in on that morning routine. That was the one thing you could really do. And it's like, that's, that's the shit right there. It's going all in on that stuff. Yeah. You know? With adversity for me, I think it's also knowing that adversity is going to come. When your life is going great, you shouldn't be shocked when, you know, some curveball comes your way because it's life. No matter what, no matter what's going on, like no matter how much you're trying to control everything and things are going smooth, at some point, adversity is coming for you. And you shouldn't be shocked when it happens and you got to find the silver linings and uh, find find a way to better yourself as a human being in those times. Well, man, like, for me, it was when I when I broke my leg. It's like, all right, I couldn't do much, and like you said, the morning routine. I knew I had control over that morning routine. I I want to you know read the Bible. I want to write. I want to read. You know, I want to uh, you know go to sleep at the same time every night. Go to, and wake up at the same time every morning. You know, get the circadian rhythm going right, uh, physical therapy at 100%. Like that's basically what I could control at that point. And I tried to be, just make myself better and better. And then when I knew I'd get, when I would finally get to the point where I'm walking, where I could do more things, I wanted to keep that morning routine. You know, I wanted to keep, you know, that same passion when it came to physical therapy. Um, So it was just building in those times. 
Man, and it's okay. So that's the that's the very interesting one because I think what people don't realize is like adversity. So like we're not talking like situational adversity, like something happens in a moment, you have to adapt and you can just mm. put a quick band-aid on it and get through it. We're talking like breaking your leg adversity, right? So yeah. everybody inevitably goes through the grief cycle at that point. And it's like you start off shocked, then you get a little bit angry, then you drop down even further, you get the depression, you get all that, right? You start bargaining and then you accept. But the most dangerous part of that, man, is the acceptance phase because people just, the whole point of this grief cycle is like, you know, you're through grief when you can accept what happens. And it's like, okay, but now what? Yeah. Right. And we always like to look to the extra step. And it's like, once you accept what happened, and if you can get there as quick as you possibly can, what are you automatically creating now? Go back into creation mode. And it's something, man, that I've noticed like a lot of people, I think, forget too, where they start getting a lot of momentum and success and they forget that part of that momentum and success and learning and adapting and getting better actually only came because of their adversity. Like, dude, look at all of these amazing athletes, right? Like look at all these high performers. You figure it out when you are presented with a problem. Problems are opportunities all the time. So it's, it's an interesting conundrum, man, because I've noticed as people get more successful, the ones that are new to it, they start to think like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm through the hard shit now. Like it's all smooth sailing from here. The ones that are vets at success, I've started to notice are like, I've just got to stay ready all the time because I know not that I'm expecting something to happen, but I know like it's part of the process and I love it for that. Otherwise they shouldn't be in the business for it. Right. As the Stoics say, the obstacle is the way. (laughs) There you go, man. That was a a great man once said (laughs) named Chris Weidman. I love it. Um, (laughs) Talk about morning routines. If you give some pointers starting with the morning routine to people that, you know, they can't afford having a mental coach, mm-hmm. you know, as professional Absolutely. athletes, you know, they could do it, but a lot of people can't, you know? So what, what kind of like advice can you give starting with morning routines that could like help benefit and get people on the right path? Three things every morning should consist of, man. Number one, take an absolute control over your body, or if you want to call it your movement and physiology, that's the best way through breathing through exercise in some way. The reason being, first off, it's going to change your entire, the entire way that you move, right? So think about it like this. Every emotion has an associated body language with it, right? Happy people, they're usually upright, they're sitting, shoulders back, they're looking good, confident people, all that. There you go. Chris's smile is perfect. But then depressed people, man, they're usually like down over, they're slouched, they're all pissed off, they're annoyed. So it's like a lot of people, man, will come carrying baggage from the day before. You got it again take control of that shit. So it's like, I like to look at it right away in the morning. You got to get control of your movement. That can be through breathing where you start breathing, you know, with intention and you start doing the right things in regards to belly breathing and all that stuff. I personally like to do something like a workout in the morning right away. When I get up, I'm one of those guys. I have the ability to do that because I've got my own business and I don't have a training schedule throughout the day, like athletes. But for a lot of athletes, I've noticed the whole meditation process is a great way. Second thing you need to actively take control of is your focus. No doubt in my mind. Like a lot of people, man, just run wild, right? And the thing is, people don't realize if you don't control your mind, it's an amazingly beautiful thing that can do a lot of awesome stuff. But if you let that sucker run wild, that's like that's like giving a creative crayon. You know what I mean? You don't like want that, that brain to, you no, don't man, want your like, brain to run wild, ladies and gentlemen. You need structure, right? So it's like focusing on the things you want. Like I know it sounds simple, but Some people it's a journal. I've got you doing it, for example, in the meditation in the morning, but 
writing down what you're intentional about accomplishing for the day is by far one of the best and cheapest ways that you can do it. Find a simple little thing like that. And the last part, man, is some good self-talk. Like I'm not saying that you need to be crazy about it and start chanting things out loud. That definitely does a lot of good stuff for your nervous system. But man, prayer is a form of self-talk. Let's be real for a sec, right? Like taking the time to be grateful about certain things. That's a form of self-talk. Talking to yourself about what you want to do, who you are, what you want to accomplish. Like those three things, man, of just movement, focus, and then a way to talk to yourself. To me, those are the absolute most important things in the morning. Like even for movement or changing your state, you can do a cold tub. I know people that do cold plunges in the morning, right? And it's like that shocks your nervous system in a way that nobody even realizes. It changes your heart rate. It changes how you how you feel in a moment. So three things, man, for the morning for sure are that. And then I would say like do the toughest thing first if you have the opportunity to. Best way, if you can put yourself in a good state and you're already rolling, the rest takes care of itself, you know? I love it, man. There you go. That's gonna be a that's gonna be a clip for YouTube right there. That's, that's huge, gonna be a good dude. one. A little self-help from Matthew Calderoni. <laughs> Calderoni. <it>. <laughs> hey man, I appreciate you coming on. That's about an hour. Um, that was great. Is there any uh, before you go, any shout outs, plugs? I know you got websites. Totally, Instagram, man. So check us out. Go ahead. www.molliteum.com. Molliteum. It means literally resilience in Latin. We just spelt it the way that it sounds. Um, everything that you need is there. We've got our podcast there. We've got, I think there's a bunch of downloadable stuff, a lot of resources, blog articles, everything you need to kind of like summarize all this stuff. It's in there. We would just, we just want to help people. Awesome. I appreciate awesome, you uh, coming on, man. Totally, brother. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed the show. Um, I think Matt Calderoni really knows what he's talking about. And it's kind of refreshing to have these type of conversations um, about the mental approach in life, not just sports, uh, with a professional. And, you know, just a reaffirmation that you're not alone in your journey and that the feelings that you have, whether it's anxiety or self-doubt, confidence issues, these are all normal thoughts and you shouldn't overstress it and not continue to push. You just have to deal with each one of those feelings head on. You know, why do you have the anxiety? How do I, how do I correct that? How do I, how do I deal with the situation that I'm anxious about? Um, and I also think the mindset of just knowing that anxiety is going to help you perform better. It's, it's important to have anxiety. That just means you care. So not trying to run away from it, but welcoming it, I think is a big part of, uh, of being able to deal with it in a positive way. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed the show. I really appreciate you listening. Don't forget to subscribe on Spotify, Apple podcasts, or YouTube. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on there. Um, I really appreciate the support, and I look forward to coming back on here with another great guest. But until then, I'm Chris Weidman, and this is Won't Back Down. Thanks for listening.